Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Welcome to episode 145 of Radio Hot Lab, that zany podcast that takes a light-hearted look at motorsport, both national and international, emerging technologies and gadgets, and uh, barbecues. And Johnny and I are on our way uh, driving back from Melbourne, uh, back to Adelaide, after the big weekend of the Bathurst 12-hour. And how are you, Johnny? Mate, uh, good. I'm actually happy to get home. It's been a bit of a drive down yesterday, all the way from, um, from Bathurst through the, the, the back blocks of Cootamundra and, and down to Melbourne for the night with Fogues, Fogues. the final, final night with the Fogues before he, he jets off to Abu Dhabi, Middle East, to business class no less. Yeah, I know, Mr Etihad. Up right at the front. Yeah, I know, well, with all the free booze. He, <laughs> he won't be sleeping. <laughs> he might he won't be, be sleeping. Or something. That's right. And he wouldn't want to be doing that. No, it was a good, a good weekend. Right? I enjoyed it. Was it was a very enjoyable and, uh, weekend. Yeah, pretty happy with the result. And we're, yeah, I think the result was excellent. It was good. A bit of, bit of controversy uh, sounds like it's going to be happening over a couple of the places. So uh, the results still aren't finalised. But before that, what are you having to drink? Well, nothing at the moment because I'm driving. But uh, earlier on we had a little quick pit stop in, uh, in Neil. That was very pleasant. Where folks had recently gone to court. That Where, I think you heard in episode 143A. 143A? Which was actually incorrectly named 144. 44 by me. That's okay. But yeah. uh, he was there alongside the courthouse was the solicitor, Stuart, and Lipshut. Lipshut. An unusual name. Nice name for a solicitor. Just shut your lip. None of your lips. Right. Shut up. <laughs> I've had enough of your lip. Keep it shut. Lawyers so, do tend to have odd names, don't they? They do. And, you know, there's, there's um, various uh, various names for different law companies. One of my clients actually named his three sons, Giles, Fraser, and I can't remember what the other one is, to be honest. But anyway, three names, but you could string them together and make a, make a firm of solicitors out of them really easy. Yes. So, interesting concept. It's like um, herringbone smelters. It is, and Martin Barton and Fargo. That's <laughs> <laughs> made famous by Roddy Barker. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was going to be Fargo. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. Oh, there you go. Yeah, a bit of a um, bit of an upset there, perhaps. Uh, still a provisional result at the Bathurst 12 hour, with um, charges being laid to the number two car. Yes. Well, the second place car of Wall Wall and I don't know. Um, for supposedly something uh, a technical Illegal. infringement, a technical infringement, as they say. Yes, JP with yeah. the turbocharger and, and the uh, tyres. Some tyres. Yeah. Uh, the HSV wagon, the now the R8 Tourer. Yes. Uh, the engine sealed and removed and sent to Melbourne for further, further, further looking at. Exactly, because it was maybe a little bit too V8 supercar like. That's the yes, that's the. That's sort of the word. The word. Yeah. Horse whisper. Word on the street. 
says it was maybe a little bit too uh, we had super colour so uh, that'll be interesting to find out and then I think the uh, whatever cut the mitts at uh, the Subaru oh, Wilson um, Brothers Racing uh, setup uh, number eight that came in eighth uh, they've apparently got a very sus turbo as well so uh, be interesting to see what comes out of all that I guess I suppose at this stage you know being provisional we can't get provisional for too long no they uh, can't they, they need to determine you know they haven't they haven't charged the, no, uh, the HSV no. as anything. They just go, we want to have a further look. I would suggest that maybe there'll be a result by about Thursday. One would have to, to, to do you know, a bit of luck. Um, you know, once you've been on the podium, it's a bit hard to take Dragon back out. Well, it is too, and say, give us the cup back. Well, they will. When the guy's the already got it in the pool room, I mean, you know. What's he going to put in that gap now that he had to make? <laughs> That's a good point. There's... Um, yeah, a bit of noise also, um, a bit of war of words there between uh, Tony Cochran and one of the reporters, the radio reporters from the West, really, uh, really serving it up to Tony and Tony, you know. About the, the support or lack of it for Barbara Gallo. Well, I think the gist of it, JP, is that, uh, that uh, the reporter's going, look, you know, uh, as a, the main motorsport um, gig in the country, if you, even if you are making the loss, which we sort of, you know, argue that you're probably not, when you take in local advertising um, endorsement through the, the Channel 7 network and merchandise sales, you know, you just need to be responsible and, and cop it sweet. And, um, and, 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 you know, if you are making a loss, just make sure we get to see the stuff over there. Yeah, yeah I mean... turn around and saying, look, oh, hang on a minute, like, you know, logistically, it's pretty hard to get there. Um, and it's a long way away, and, and when we're only asking for, I say, you know, you know 20% back, so we're subsidising it to some extent, I don't, don't think it's much there was much placating of the, uh, the radio announcer, you know, possibly after no, Folks' no. job asking the difficult well, questions. I think the radio announcer made a very valid point of, like, because apparently Cochrane came back and said, well, you know, Perth is a long way away from the rest of the Australian mainland, so to speak. Um, and, yeah, so it does cost us a lot to get down here, and we are subsidising And the reporter came straight back and said, well... What are you doing? What are you doing in Bahrain then? Yeah, and but, but going over there, they are they are paid to go. So well, that's true. Not, that's not out of our supercar's pocket to do. No, that. it's not. But nevertheless, I mean, still... you got to remember that it is it is a business and it is an entertainment. Yes. And and you know, there's there's arguments both sides. But then there was some carry on about about where the the pits Didn't... are um LHNS compliant over there, of which um, yeah. Garth Hander has GT's gone, on the, come out. Yeah, yeah. gone on the radio and said, look, uh, that, that's no reason to be pulling out. Because the pits... Are, he's just a driver. And the, and yeah, but I mean, and he, but he made a valid point that the, the pits at Barbagallo are uh, not sort of Grand Prix style where you can, where you can see them from the, uh, from the main stands or whatever and see the, uh, see the pit work going on and, you, you know, you have to go off the circuit to get to them and get back. And he just said, well, what are we doing at Homebush? So, you know, which is again a valid comment. So, I don't know. It's, it's Which is trundling the cars through uh, public land. As yeah. As using like a Formula One style. That's pit, right. Pit, straight uh, in. You know, pit, pit facility. So, it's going to be going to be an interesting war of words. I mean, I think we, it, the big wash up, I mean, the long and the short of it, and, and the people in Perth aren't dumb either. And, and certainly people who follow motor racing have been aware for some time that V8 Supercars Australia have been having a go at Perth or Barbagallo as a venue and they do want it upgraded and um, you know so now they've got to make in a few threats maybe in terms of well 
you don't do something about it, we're not coming here. So we'll just have to see whether the government caves in and throws money at it or whether they say, all right, we'll pack up your race and don't bother coming to the West anymore, which I find highly unlikely. It's mm, a difficult one. It is. Anyway, we'll soon see. I mean, we've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week in, uh, in um, Yas Marina, so. Yep. And uh, that was interesting too because uh, they don't race on Sundays over there, so um, we're going to be getting uh, the coverage Friday night and Saturday night effectively. But uh, maybe even Thursday night. Mate, well, yeah, practice should be Thursday night, but um, none of it's going to be shown live here. It's all delayed telecast to the following day, so we're going to view it on on TV on the times that we would normally look at it. So, uh, unless you just jump on the web and you want to get the the results in advance. Um, but to be fair, there's, uh, there's the evenings are being um, uh, are taking a lot of a lot of ratings from the Winter Olympics. True. So yeah, that's probably yeah. a good move. The way to do that. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got a TV. Fair enough. As you earlier earlier pointed out. Now we need to um, we need to say good day to Ross from Carcor. Oh, we mentioned it on the way over that we were going to be staying at Carcor, but once we got to the track, we sort of got into the groove of the motor racing thing and everything else, and we forgot about the uh, the lovely evening and and the, and the night's sleep that we'd had in that pretty little town. Well, actually, it was um, yeah, we uh, we decided we were going to go up there. We got a call from uh, uh, Melanie, yes, uh, the chef there, uh, and uh, just to check that we were coming, and we got there right on you know a bit before dusk. This only was Wednesday find, night viewers, by the way, last week. Only to find the uh, the pub completely shut, with one door slightly ajar, um, only to be open Friday and Saturday nights. That's right. Getting a bit, a bit worried about that. We thought, well, hang on a minute, we, we got the call. But, got the uh, call, are you coming, and everything else, and then, then the pub shut. And then this uh, big burly bloke in uh, some blue overalls come out and said, yeah, can I help you? And I said, um, we're looking we're for Melanie. You heard who? He did, too. He did. He was a good who? wind-up merchant. Who? Who's, who's Melanie? Yes. And then he laughed and said, oh, I'm only joking. We're expecting you. And I That's said, oh, it looks like the place is shut. It's all right. We'll be open for you. That's and it. Uh, and he, he cooked up a beautiful uh, beautiful roast pork loin with all the trimmings. And we sat out in front of the hotel. He just said, well, just go to the bar and help yourself. Yep. It was a very, very reasonable, I think, workout, 110 bucks a head. That's for right. all, like, everything we could drink. We'd have, you know, we'd Ross, had a few Ross beers. Ross came and dinner with him and yep. with us. And, um, some bottles of red. Yeah, a fair few bottles of red there and, and some beers. Yeah, very pleasant evening. And then, uh, then breakfast in the morning, so that was uh, uh, a good thing. But, you know, you, you need to go there because uh, straight across from where we were sitting, or diagonally anyway, yep. was where the first armed bank robbery was ever held in Australia. Which was a failure, by the way. Uh, yes, thwarted by the, uh, the guy behind the Behind the two who actually had a bigger gun than the guy fronting him. That's right. And apparently they were members of Ben Hall's gang. Um, but Ben wasn't with them at the time. Ben Ben Hall being the bush ranger. Um, he was off somewhere else having a meal. And the boys decided that they <laughs> had, obviously they needed some money so they could eat a meal. And uh, so they all went storming in there and uh, yeah, the bank the bank guy had a bigger gun than they did. So there you go. And it was also opposite the street and two down from the um, uh, from the pub um, the first axe murder double axe murder double axe murder I mean that was two correct. people with one axe <laughs> maybe it was a double headed axe and then then straight across from us was the uh, a, a very interesting sort of a complex of, of antique stores all very yes. heritage 
with the, with a lady poking his hand out the window to which right. that, to which Ross said, oh, "That's the third one that bloke in there's had this week." He only moved in on Saturday, and that's the third woman I've seen him with. Okay. So that guy's obviously doing very well. And next door was the uh, was the Toy Boys. The Toy Boys in the old Commonwealth Bank. The bloke said he was looking for something to do after dinner. <laughs> They've got a toy museum and they're gay, so hence the toy boys acronym. Right. And all that so, as so, for where we sat. And the pretty railway station. Yeah, very With very a lovely old. view over the town. <laughs> a very old historic town. It was the third town uh, settled this side of the Blue Mountains. Yep. Or <coughs> western side of the Blue Mountains. And so, it was gonna actually it was it was destined for bigger and better things, but it was but modernisation passed it away, passed it by and uh, Bathurst and Orange and and Blaney, which is sort of a smack bang in the middle of this equilateral triangle, yep. um, has really just become a very untouched historic location and good for weddings. And you can just you can see straight away it's perfect for a movie. Oh, absolutely! Um, but yeah, definitely. And there was a movie shot there. Ross was telling us. I can't remember the name of it. It's totally slipped my mind. Thirteen, thirteen pubs, no less. They had at their peak because it was a mining town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the railway line, uh, which snakes its way from there to Cowra, uh, the line's still there, and the, the stations at, at either end have been restored. So yeah, it's very, very pretty part of the uh, part of the world viewers. So if you're ever driving through that way, and you come up towards Blaney, you'll see Carcor sign posted on the left. If you're heading towards Bathurst, so just take a little detour and have a cruise around. It's definitely worthwhile. And, uh, yeah, go in and say good day to Ross. Yeah, go and say and yes. I, I heard this from the boys on Radio Hot Lab. And, um, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll uh, make sure he can get a good feed. Okay. In fact, when, when he said, I said, what about for dinner? He said, pork, roast pork. Folks immediately turned his nose right up at it. Well, folks went, oh, I don't like pork. It was very light, and then he went, oh, I don't like you. Mm. And the, But then, Ross, bless his heart, said, well, that's all right. And he went and got some chicken out. By which time, folks had changed his mind under pressure from us of course and he had the pork and he really enjoyed it and poor Ross got stuck with the chicken that's right and even if even, even the folks even ate the strings we didn't tell him about that that's right because it was rolled loin well he really liked his, he liked his loin so much that two nights later we did pork belly we couldn't keep him away from that that's right he was into it but what you could keep him away from was the washing yeah we well, could always keep him away from the washing and tidy up but he was always busy but he's busy on that computer. What's he doing? Filing stories. Trying to, trying to get right. the mouse to work. Ringing crane, filing stories. It's all going. Because it's, it's an old... Go for the folks. It's an old, it's an old computer. It's an old four-year-old Toshiba or something, and it's and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a Pentium or something or the other. So we don't want to go on about it. It's pretty it. slow. We don't want to go on anymore about his wallet being at the lock and key. No, although he did redeem he himself did. last night. He paid for dinner again last night. But he did have, he did have his lady friend. He did. How long? He did. Yeah, so he was so trying to make a bit of an impression, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But he paid for dinner the night before, and viewers, this is a very, very sad thing that we have to part, tell you about. The night before, the last night in Bathurst, Sunday night, we thought we'd uh, go for some Chinese, and we went to a restaurant that both John and Fogues had been to before. With David Siegel after had. the 1,000. Well, year. there you go. David Siegel after the Bathurst 1,000. And they said the meals weren't the most brilliant, but they weren't too, too terrible. We had the worst meal in the world. The service was absolute garbage. There was some rather large lady with dark hair who obviously didn't want to be there. Well, that's because she was there and it was Valentine's Day, which means that she couldn't get a route from anyone. Well, no, no one probably. To to her. But anyway. why would you? So, first of all, we had the bad service and then the meal. Well, as folks kept saying, 
special fried rice was like landfill. And we know what landfill is, don't we, Johnny? We do. Couscous. Couscous, that's right. And it was. It was a diabolical meal. We probably didn't eat more than oh, a third of the whole thing, maybe. So, we called out his uh, his uh, Chinese management ship. We did. To give him a bit of a story on it. Said, look, hey, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not saying we're not paying for it. No. Hey, this is just like, that's terrible. Unrepentant. It was the worst. the Chinaman. Yeah, he didn't care. Just like, oh, look, you lot, you lot, just finish up and get out of my so restaurant. We're going to tell everyone. So we're saying, Great Wall Restaurant, Bathurst. Never if go you're there, there for the thousand or any other time, avoid it like the plague. And if you do have to go, do a runner. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, you know, women and children for themselves. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Yeah, that's a disappointment. In fact, it, it isn't—it isn't really very easy to find a really good meal in um, in Bathurst. Bath However, that was that was uh, put to rest yesterday morning uh, because Alan Simonson uh, uh, said, "Look, I had the most splendid meal," uh, and he's a, a hard ass when it yes, comes to is. finding out what you know, getting the wrong meal at the new um, the new hotel, hotel on, on Comrock at Caltex Chase. Yeah. If it's called Caltex Chase, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's called Caltex Chase. Well, the chase, the chase, the chase, the, 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 the big new restaurant, a uh, big new hotel adjacent at the end of Conrad Strait, adjacent to the chase. And if anyone uh, knows the answer to the question, which we have still been trying to find out from episode 143, about who was the driver of the, of the, of the Kalari yes. transport pre-V8 supercar, we think, and I have a feeling he was of possibly Middle Eastern or... Pakistani, Indian descent, something like that. I, right. I just have this odd feeling. We found, we found a couple of names for Kalari VK, for the VK. I yeah, think. that's right. Tony but, Noski. Yep, Noski was that one. It was a Noski. And yeah. uh, wasn't he uh, oh, one of the sprint other. car drivers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's not the guy. But every time I got that, we got that from, you know, from Googling it up. But it didn't come up with the name that Johnny was trying to remember. So uh, if anybody can... Email us that. We'll be very happy. <laughs> now, uh, there's been a, a bit of a startling um, unveiling of a new concept in uh, in IRL. Oh the, yes, the Delta Wing, uh, but perhaps very futuristic. It's almost it's almost hard to contemplate that it could even exist. Like very it's, very out of the movies. Very very narrow front with almost like, like two wheels right together. Yeah, I mean, very long, long nose, two wheel, a wheel Super either side, sort of no style. wing on the front as such, just the actual shape of the uh, of the. It looks like a plane, basically. It looks like a Concorde. And then, and then at the back, the rear wheels are fared in underneath the bodywork, um, which gives it the extra width. So it's got a, a really like long, long nose um, up to roughly where the cockpit would be and then it flares out from there but incredibly futuristic looking and totally unlike anything that you've seen racing thus far absolutely certainly from you know aero package point of view and whatnot so uh, it'd be interesting to see where that whole thing goes because it is being put up um, as a concept for a well I mean it's effectively a one make series isn't it I suppose I suppose so I do have a little bit of something. I'm going to rum, rummage around here on the laptop, mate, because I, it's all pretty new. But I, um, I will, uh, you know, give what credit, you, what give credit, give credit where credit is due. Um, and who? Can't remember. Can't remember. Can't remember. No. Can't, no. Just about there were there was unveiling. There were three companies which were unveiling the uh, the new looks. Yep. Uh, for the tender, I think. Right. Of IndyCar. Um, and I just don't remember. 
who they were. No, who right. they were. Oh, what? Well. Can't remember everything, Johnny. The uh, the Daytona 500 uh, was um, was won by, uh, by Jamie McMurray. <laughs> when <laughs> they fixed the frigging great hole in the well, track. that was because the tree from Bathurst was that large. That, that right, was the roots right, went right, right across, across right yeah. across the Pacific and all half of America, okay. and, thought, and then you get caught up in that snowstorm. And, and then, he, yeah, he fended off Dale Earnhardt Jr. There was uh, so much water that they couldn't get the quick dry cement to dry in the hole. <laughs> That's right. And Bigger uh, Hervin, he's taken uh, taken victory in the, in the most recent rally with, with Citroen um, in uh, in Sweden, right? Uh, that, that's good. Riken, um, he's looking forward to Mexico, thinking that uh, probably do a bit, bit better there. But yep. you know, it's pretty hard for a guy for a come on to come out of one one type of sport to something completely radically different and, and, and do do is you know be right at the front. But he's oh, doing sure. very very well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of it's, it's it do or totally, crash. It's a totally different discipline, isn't it? Let's face it. And then the way the cars handle and everything's totally you know you couldn't get more removed from Formula One, could you? Absolutely not. But I think, mate, you know, there's been enough. There's been enough um, motorsport talked about over the last uh, weekend and over the last week. Basically, I think it's time that we should move on to think you over it. Tech time. Because there's a fair bit of tech going on with MacWorld. Yep. The MacWorld conference in San Francisco, which Moscone Center has just been held, as well as the. Mobile World Conference in Barcelona. But uh, <laughs> that uh, Maddie uh, and I from the new venture of machine we're going to go to, but we felt it's actually probably a little bit premature for us yes, shooting over be there. Next year, job. Yeah, and, uh, for, the, for the viewers, we're uh, interested. But MacWorld have a new company uh, running called Machinery. Um, I think you've mentioned this to the viewers before. I, like, I feel like bragging a bit. Well, I feel. Really I don't think you should be going really going. It's unnecessary. I think they'll be bored with it. I say, well, that's okay. It's about the... Johnny's new company. What's going on? Well, I mean, uh... But Macworld San Francisco, well, they reckon that it was good, but you could get round it in about half, three quarters of an hour, and it was predominantly iPhone applications uh, and iPhone and iPod accessories and very little Macintosh stuff. And, of course, Apple themselves weren't there, so it was only in one of the two halls. And, uh, uh, in fact, the Apple store down the road there on didn't even Market Street in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, I have to say Market Street. Market Street. Because I remember yeah. once uh, trying to get to Market, Market Street, Street. And I stopped one of the, um, uh, the policemen, Bobbies, yep. as you call them from the old name, <laughs> and, um, and asked him, um, hey, mate, you, can you help me out? Do you know where Market Street is? And he goes, no, I don't know where Market Street is, but I don't know where Market Street is. <laughs> Smart ass, was he? Oh, you did. Uh, I had a bit of a thought about um, that, that. The fact that Apple wasn't there, and the, you know they have changed their their, their push. Some other people have been saying, look, you know, their their thoughts on it are really turning into a consumer company, a consumer I, electronics company, well, and they don't that, have to satisfy the the geeks and the and the faithful anymore. They're, they've been blowing. They're blowing with Google. They're yes, blowing they with are. Adobe. Yeah. And you know, it, it's occurred to me that you know with the closed model. Ecosystem of the iPhone, the iPod, the iPod Touch, and now the iPad. That, with the increased speed of network connectivity, I'm starting to think that it won't be too far away before even the laptop or the desktop machine may be a closed architecture for applications. And the only way a product like Adobe Photoshop could be installed onto it could be through an application. 
they could. Well, they still keep getting money for it, of course. So they won't care from that perspective, and they won't have to press all those DVDs anymore. Well, they can. <laughs> you don't get a lot in a box for a lot of money. You don't. So, mm. I'll do the tools. Interesting concept. Oh, I just, you know, you, that, that could be the most extreme, you know, iteration of it. Yeah. I've often said that I, that I think that these, these products will become very much online tools, and you perhaps just turn on uh, the components that you want. Like, I mean, Back sure, in South Australia. I've got Photoshop, but I, uh, uh, you can go up two kilometres an hour now. Well, once we get through Border Town, we can, yeah. That, uh, you know, I, I use a certain amount of functions on Adobe Photoshop. Yep. But I don't use, you know, I'm, I'm usually yeah, doing image creation, a tiny bit of retouching, and most mostly manipulation. Yep. But I'm not doing a lot of, like, yeah, I suppose I'm doing quite a bit of design stuff, but, but I'm not doing it like a freestyle design. I'm putting components together. Well, I mean, know. I think that's the same with So maybe design, that's all I need. Know, I tools use and image sizes and a little bit of brush I'm, here, but I don't need a lot of them. Photoshop. And I use InDesign, but I only use it for like leaflets and brochures. So, um, you know, pagination and all those sorts of things and impositions and blah, blah, blah. I don't need any of those tools. So, what you're logically saying is that if they Turn break... what you need. If, exactly. If they break the applications down into six component parts, you only need to buy two or three of them to get a fully functional app that does what you want it to do. And you will only pay for that much. One of the cool apps, uh, which is a hardware and software solution um, uh, for the iPhone, I suppose. Yeah, it would have been the iPhone only. I suppose it could use or be a work on the on the iPod Touch and maybe the iPad as well if they're on a 3G or a Wi-Fi network. Um, from a, a company called Square Up, and it showed uh, an application for credit card processing. It costs a dollar, 99 cents, and uh, for that 99 cents, they'll then send you a piece of a bit of hardware that plugs in the bottom port there and um, connects to secure transaction service. Don't know if that's going to be working in this part of the world. Um, I'm sure it will come eventually. It may be, it's but not uh, these geniuses uh, take 2.9% of all transactions, which is uh, thanks very much if they can make that stick, but they won't be the only people working on it. Wow. The big two. If, if you start doing it and it's a success, then that's that will be open to negotiation, just like the percentages the banks take for, uh, for your FPOS transactions. So, you know, if you get enough of them going through, well, then obviously you've got grounds to ring them up and go, look, guys, 2.9%. You're kidding. Let's take it down to one and a half. So, you know, things like that will happen. I mean, and that's, that sort of stuff's going to happen in the electronic world just the same as it has in, in, in everyday business. It's finally. Taking a bit longer to get there. Finally, there's a, uh, a, a little uh, a device which allows uh, the mini display port on the, the, the newer, newer MacBooks. in the air or something they've basically got HDMI out no 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 uh, they've all got it now right so MacBook MacBook Pro and also probably on the 27 inch or 24 27 inch iMacs or the 21 yeah well that would be your extra port on those so but everything's got mini display port so to finally have something that will directly connect HDMI in that's uh, that's plugged straight in is, is a great idea absolutely um
that uh, the, 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 the capacity gloves. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they're wearing gloves, and hence the capacitive touchscreen uh, doesn't work. So they found a way around it that by using a, uh, a sausage, a piece of slice of sausage. Which Not a slice is, of sausage, a sausage. I, well, a, it's apparently, a sausage. it's like a skinny sausage that looks like a finger. That, well, like a, and it acts as a stylus because it apparently is negatively iron charged. And it's a combination of fish and cheese, which tastes yeah, terrible. It's, 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 it's apparently the worst. It's like we're talking about a sausage and you go, oh yeah, sausage. And then they went, and this sausage is made from fish and cheese. Nobody wants to eat it, but it's great for your uh, for operating your. Uh, well, as we go past meat, your iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty odd, isn't it? <laughs> so, iPod operation via a sausage. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the sales have gone through the roof, and uh, the, the company's sort of going, "Geez, sausages! Everyone's liking their fish." Apparently, they're going to rename the product instead of a sausage. They're going to call it a meat stylus. That's it. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, at uh, Barcelona at Mobile World Conference, 24 of the world's leading telecommunication operators have decided to get together and uh, take up a united front to bash Apple for their dominance on the mobile apps market. Yes. Now, to me, it sounds like a little bit too much, too little, too late. Absolutely. And uh, smacks, 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 smirks, smacks. Smacks of desperation. The WAC, the wholesale applications community, um, is uh, going to uh, allow developers to deliver applications to all mobile phone users, just irrespective of device or technology. Well, or let me tell you, viewers, that's just don't get me happy because there are too many disparate phones with different user interfaces and. I mean, and just politically, it's a nightmare. I mean, we all know that Steve Jobs is a megalomaniac who runs the company with an iron fist, is very, very focused, and Apple have got a direction and a purpose with everything they do. Can you imagine this think tank of all these boffins? Everybody's going to be pulling in different directions. Everybody's going to have a different agenda. They're all going to have an axe to grind that supposedly gives them an edge behind the scenes. But the political ramifications of such a committee are just a total nightmare. And uh, just to give you an idea about who's sort of behind all that, uh, American Mobile, AT&T, Bharati Ayatel, and Dr. JGKL Singh, <laughs> who's obviously been ratchet by Apple <laughs> once too many times. China Mobile, China Unicom, Deutsche Telekom, Orange, Oresticom uh, Telecom, SoftBank Mobile, Telecom Italia, Vodafone, and Wind Wind, whatever you yeah. Of others too. Yeah, um, that's an interesting concept. I, I, I know I'd flicked through the list earlier on, but I didn't realise Vodafone were part of it. Now, how can Vodafone be a part of that and still sell the iPhone on that basis? Is that not a conflict of interest? Oh, well, I think they're just saying the, the, the well, iPhone just won't hedging their bets. The iPhone's one application, one product, one platform, but certainly from a for a development point of view, it's easy to deploy, you know, to one platform and have all the localization pretty much taken care, taken care of. Um, I, you know, we're travelling along here, coming up to not far out of Keith, yep, not far out of the town where Andy Caldicott, the, the, yes. the Australian enduro uh, rider, that um, lost well, his life fact, a few not, years back in uh, the in the Dakar. 
in a short while we'll actually be coming up to Andy Caldicott Park which is what they renamed the um, the dirt bike and uh, dirt go-kart track just outside of Keith which is this side of the town and uh, yeah it's a it's what a nice, nice bit of road out here it's back in South Australia just go yeah. past the Pinaroo turn off and that'll be up to the Valley Highway which will take you over to Sydney
thoughts this phone based on 1.6. It's sort of like, why would you be doing that? It's all, yeah, it's all a bit, it's all a bit old hat. And yeah, then Google doing that up and over the air update the other day, sort of was going, oh hello, this is this is this is a bit this is a bit tough. Um, Intel has come along and said, look, well, we're going to provide this platform called Mobile, which is effectively yes. an open source. It's, a, it's Linux for phones, and, and you can de-skin it and, and, and turn componentry off and, and re-skin it yourself like HTC, so HTC does. With customizable skin. Set, yeah, Sense, which basically runs over the top of Windows uh, Mobile 6.5. So, um, but that's obviously to drive, you know, the Intel chip sales so that um, oh, for sure. many, many manufacturers will be using uh, that uh, the, the, the ARM chipset, as opposed to say Qualcomm and Snapdragon. What other was it, other interesting news, and probably even more uh, more relevant, is that uh, Microsoft unveiled Windows Seven at uh, for the phone. Windows Seven Mobile. Windows yeah. Seven. Windows Phone Seven. Oh, Windows and phone it is a radical phone. departure, and honestly, it looks uh, it looks it looks pretty good because it's going to tie um, it's going to tie. There are five, well, let's put it this way. There are five major components to it as they see it. Five key hubs, as they, in their own words. Um, a start page based around live tiles, or here's a new one for you super icons. Super icons. Okay, okay the super icons. One, people. And, and this makes a lot of sense. Contacts from Outlook, social networking sites, and webmail services are pulled with thumbnail images into one interface. People, the user has recently communicated with rise to the top and for each contact the phone can display their recent activity on various social networking sites. Now, yeah. it could be good for some of the, not everybody, but... True, but I mean, I know this rise to the top technology seems to be very popular at the moment, but sometimes that is so frustrating because if the last six contacts you had, you know, are all with the same person for whatever reason, um... The, pe the person you want to get hold of that you spoke to two days ago is pushed off the screen down the bottom and then you have to start scrolling around. So I don't necessarily think that that's a big, you know, a big bonus. Look, it's going to be due in uh, at Christmas time. Yep. And uh, I say it's a big, very, very much a pre-announcement then. Well, I suppose so. But, but perhaps it does signify uh, that, you know, this is a shift in, a, in Microsoft's thinking that they really need to, um, you know, put efforts into the, into the mobile market they've been relying on income source from their you know operating system for sure I mean quite a while and, and the, the tight tie in here between um, the Zoom music player and uh, and the Xbox Live architecture which have both been you know like the, the, the Zoom's actually a really good product yes. if, if you knew something about it but it next to, needs to connect to the, to the Mac much like the iPod connects to the PC Exactly, it does. And that was one of the points they were making on Engadget, was the fact that, and I've always thought that, but Microsoft are idiots because they develop for the PC platform and they keep things unique to the PC platform. Apple at least was sensible enough with the iPod, and that's why the iPod got so successful in the first place, to make it not just for Mac. It, it hooks up to a PC, it works on PC, it's got PC software. Any Microsoft product, they don't give you that option. Now, there could be a, uh, for argument's sake, a Macintosh audiophile who really, really loves his music and therefore has said, well, actually, the quality of output from the Zune is superior to the iPod. I'd really like to hook a Zune up to my Mac. Well, he can't do it. And how stupid is that? They're sort of cutting off their nose to spite their face. 
I think it's something that needs to be looked at. People reminded that it's been a couple of years since the iPhone's been out, so it's got it's got you know traction, but it doesn't mean there's no room for for, for others. So they're going to try and protect protect themselves. But it seems like it's 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 like history repeats itself. When the iPhone came out, everyone was like, "Yeah, this is great." Now, and it's suddenly become ubiquitous. ubiquitous. Yes, good word. Um, People start to hate it. We're getting into the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. You know, when, when you're on the top, when you're at the top of the tree, everybody wants to knock you off. Um, yeah. But that's normal. But you're going to get away from that. Yes. Anyway, that's all I've got, mate, from, from tech today. Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything else much. Oh, other than uh, twit, the power of Twitter and tweets. Now, what about who was that guy in the US? Oh, some bloke. Kevin we don't know Smith or someone? Tweeted that he was being chucked off a plane.
Brady Bunch is full of it. Yeah, it is. It's a bit dark and funky, isn't it? Well, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, not really salubrious. But still. Well, that's it for me. That's it. Well, well I mean, we haven't spoken about barbecues, basically. We've spoken about food. We haven't spoken about barbecues. Now, what have you just bought? To put on the barbie tonight when you get home. I'm not sure if I'm going to be putting it on the barbecue as such, but maybe I will. Yeah. But uh, look, you know, the last last few days I've been hankering for some lamb chops. Or I believe now you can actually buy them as a single book called The 
two and a half pillars of wisdom. What does that mean if it's three books? Well, in I, the I, don't, I haven't seen in the shop. No, I'm giving you the in here to use your word. Uh, that's a concatenation. That's right. Well, all, yeah, <laughs> in a physical sense. And that was a word, viewers, that folks didn't know. Well, you said you weren't going to pay out on him anymore. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm not paying out on him. I'm just making an observation that it's very unusual. And here's, the human thesaurus had a word that he didn't know. Here's a tip for you, viewers. Now, I mean, thanks to thanks to uh, Leila Porton and Twit there, who have partnered up with uh, Audible.com, that if you go in to Audible.com forward slash Twit2, you'll be able to get two free audiobooks to try um, on your computer or your iPod. Uh, it's absolutely worth doing. So why don't you do that? Get in there. You've got to give a credit card, but, uh, you know, if you, if you don't like it, you can shut it off. You've got 14 days. Um, I've left mine go, and I'm, I'm getting lots of books. And I'm enjoying it. This is not a paid advertisement. We actually be listening in the car. He was regaling us as we drove to and from Bathurst. (laughs) Absolutely. So the first one to go for is Alexander McCall Smith's The Portuguese Irregular Irregular Birds. And the second one, The Finer Points of Sausage Dogs. You'll absolutely love it. About four hours each. Put it on and enjoy it. As I will the cutlets tonight, fried, not barbecue. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's about it then, isn't it? We won't be doing We're on our way to Adelaide. No, we won't. But we have done one. We've we've done so many shows in the last five days. The the viewers will be fed up with listening to us. Folks will be ringing in post uh, Yas Marina. Yep. uh, As he arrives probably into uh, uh, Bahrain after a couple of days in Dubai, I believe. Uh, yes, you'll be calling us and doing a Skype connection and yep. we'll have you on the show so I reckon it'll be Wednesday, Thursday night next, next week. week. And until then, as they say, good night viewers. Good night viewers. A good evening, good afternoon. Oh, well, good afternoon viewers. Look, look, yeah, it's it is. It's only seven. Well, no, we go back half an hour. No, we've already. gone back. I know I was oh, wondering. you have already. I was wondering, uh, just an anecdote to TikTok. I was watching the sat nav here, the yep. little nav man. And when we were How, the at what point when did it actually sync up? across the border yep. it went hello I'm going to go on South Australia time and it did Yep. as it matches your dashboard yeah. so now we've got an ETA of 621 good afternoon viewers good afternoon viewers she said